Hello there, and welcome to Fixing the Sequel Trilogy, the writer's room podcast dedicated to fixing the Star Wars sequels. I'm Bryce Quinn, and this week I'm joined by the raider of my cookie jar, Sandra Carrion. How are you doing, man? <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. How yeah. are my fucking cookies? They're good. They're good as always. I'm going to actually bleep that out because you're not supposed to swear at the start of an episode. Anyways, oh. I'm also joined by the number one supporter of the Brisbane Lions, Carmelo Keating. Mello, do you think they're going to go all the way tonight? Oh, fuck yeah, they will, man. Oh, my <laughs> okay. God. It was just a swearing <laughs> opening. That's fine. <laughs> oh, wait, I, I completely just ignored the line you said before. Um, <laughs> This show is fixing the sequel trilogy, and each week we rip apart one thing the sequels ruined so we can fix it in our own rewrite. This week, the dyad in the Force, the mysterious and somewhat controversial link between Rey and Kylo Ren. So let's start with, what is it? Let's talk yeah. about it and how we feel about it. So the dyad in the Force yeah. is a link between Rey and Ben, as you stated before, through the Force. It's introduced to us through a few various events in The Last Jedi. We only really get a name for it in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So they don't name it. In Last Jedi? No. Oh, okay, cool. No, we just get those, like, hotline bling calls. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, yeah, they, they, it's formalized in, in um, Rise of Skywalker. And it was just a thing yeah. that Ryan did. Yes. It was kind of like a, really, it was a, is a storytelling hack. Um, yeah, and it felt like an expansion on something that we saw in the original trilogy where Luke would talk to Leia across long distances and Luke would talk to Vader across yeah. long distances as well. Within, within the context of Star Wars, it's like, you know, uh, they are the first dyad in... in Tens of thousands of years. Yeah. It, was, it was an ancient, ancient concept uh, that, yeah, that two people would be extremely powerful. They have a connection in the Force. And it's, in fact, the, they've canonized that it was the thing that Darth Bane based the rule of two off. Oh. Right. As it, in terms Did of they like, canonize they that? They canonized that. That's fucking yeah, wild. No, oh, that's awesome. So yeah. is that, you know, through the rule of two, it's like, oh, you know, the dyad and the Force kind of thing. So would there have been Sith dyads in the Force where it's specifically two dark side users? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I don't know. That's like, you know, they, they knew, even the, the Sith at that time, they knew it was a thing. It's kind of weird to recontextualize oh, was that. It, that like, is weird. Was it more of like they knew it was a thing and they were hoping to sort of make it a thing between two Sith? Between uh, a master and apprentice, oh. which is weird because it's like, no, we know the reason that the, the rule of two exists is because the Sith kept killing each other yeah it was yeah. big power struggle that's that feels like a weird retcon to try and smush into well yeah it's like the old law things can be multifaceted you can have multiple reasons for something you can have more than one thing but, like but the you, whole yeah. skywalker saga yeah, yeah, yeah. that's people's issue it's like, you know, like, like you, why is it just skywalker you don't need to have two reasons to create it that's just what yeah. they've done they're like yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't know they, they see the number two and they think Hmm, I've seen the number two somewhere else in Star Wars. <laughs> Maybe there's a connection there also to the the, the double-bladed lightsaber. Wait, you know yeah. what? Han and Chewie are two pilots. <laughs> One ship. Whoa, R2. It's R2-D2. Oh my. Is that also... Two twos is in the name? Four, though? It's the quadrat in the four. Two plus two he contains four. four dyads within the one robot. Very okay. powerful. Anyway, moving So, on. yeah. Anyway, so that's interesting that they try to recontextualize that. Yep. But, yeah, the dyad, you know, we see it in Last Jedi. It's introduced there. And then in Rise of Skywalker, they expand on even more. And they get some, like, physical kind of interactions. Yeah. Where, like, sh you know, obviously the lightsaber teleport is, like, I think the big ticket controversial item. Yes. Know? The fact that they can actually not only just communicate, but that see each other and then, yeah. you know, touch and then interact. And then teleportation. And yeah, and teleportation, which thing. is why. But, you know, we see it in Last Jedi. He has water on his face. He does. It's, like, some yeah. form of matter transference. They implied in Last distance. Jedi. Um, and I think it's, like, something I'd, like, love to bring up once we get into, like, our next little... What we want to do with it. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Okay, so, yeah, let's talk about it within the film. So, within Last Jedi, uh, you know, Snoke and his big monologue at the end he's like yeah. no i bridged your minds yes but there is that later scene where ray does then you know quote sever the connection after uh, snoke's already dead using when they blow up the lightsaber uh no or no no after no when, when, when oh. she him as they're getting on the falcon as everybody's escaping crate and they're all getting on the falcon yeah. she looks down and he's on the base on crate yes and he's looking up at her yes and she's looking down at him, and then she closes the door, and then boom, it's like this shutout. I thought so it was yeah. a really says, cool, it was a cool ending. It's it a cool, cool shot, yeah, it's a cool it, ending. It says to the audience, no, 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 it wasn't Snoke, it was them all along. And then that that makes it easier then for JJ to pick it up in nine and be like, actually, there's something more to this. And yeah. We're going to call it the dyad. Um, My big issue with that whole uh, conceit of Snoke saying, I made this, yada, 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 and then fast forward to Rise of Skywalker, obviously they retconned a lot of shit in that movie. But one of the, one of the small lines they said was Palpatine's like, oh, you're a dyad. Yeah, what a yeah, shock to me, yeah. the he, creator of Snoke. Yeah, so he, why wouldn't he He know? doesn't know that they're a dyad. It yeah. makes no sense. It's absolutely silly. And he says earlier in the movie, I'm every voice you've ever heard inside your head to Ben, implying that he was speaking through Snoke or he was the force projections of Vader, yada, 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 all of this shit. It just doesn't make any sense. There's one of like those really annoying things about Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, but it also is just like something that when it comes up in in, in Last Jedi, it's kind of like, okay, what's what's prompted this? Just their previous interactions? Is it the fact that in the Force Awakens, you know, the 
the force awoke with the in two of both them. of them. Mm. The like, idea was that he was strong in the dark side and she was the light coming to like meet it. Yeah. It was something they tried to introduce in like, Force Awakens. Yeah, this yeah. is the thing that this is the the great light to meet the great evil. Yeah. The balance. But it seems like it's surprisingly out of nowhere. And you'd expect Luke and Vader maybe to have a similar connection if it happened. And like not to say they don't. We do have that one scene um when he's flying off on Bespin after the fight when Luke's picked up by the Falcon and he's like injured and he's in his bed and Vader's like calling out to him through the force. Yeah. We've seen people call out to people through the force yeah. before. Luke and calls to Leia yeah. through the force. It feels very different. It too, does the way feel they, very they, different. They shoot it very differently in yeah. Last Jedi and it feels different. The sound design. It feels very, like more physical. Yeah. It's yeah. like a physical connection. It is actually the way that they do it filmmaking wise in, in Last Jedi I think is really cool. Like, so yeah. The let's sound, let's like, dive into this. We out. all fucking love it. We think yeah. it's awesome. I think it's cool. It isn't perfect, but a lot of it is really cool, and a lot of it is really good and engaging through mm. story. What's also really interesting, though, is because the way that they show it to the audience is not how it is in the character's POV. As, as, as Ben says, they can only see each other. They can't see their surroundings. They don't know where each other are. I remember that line. Yeah. It's a cool line. Trying yeah. to figure out, like, wait, what are you, where are you? What are you doing kind of thing. Yeah, so what they'd all just be looking at is kind of like, you know, like 11 in that blank space in, in yeah. Stranger Things where it's just them in infinite nothingness. And I think, you know, just talking about movie movie language, cinematic language, I think that's one of, like, the brilliant things about filmmaking is that you can just have a line like that implying that what they're seeing isn't what we're seeing. Yeah. And what that does for the audience is it just makes you wonder and it makes you curious, but it doesn't give you an answer. Yeah. It's just one of those beautiful, like, mysterious things about filmmaking. I, mm -hmm. I think yeah. it's really cool. That's why Ryan Johnson, who's a great filmmaker, maybe not the best choice for Star Wars, but really great filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. Rise of Skywalker takes it a step further. They do. With the revelation that Rey is then a Palpatine, it becomes this thing of, like, okay, so is it just that they're now the descendants of those two powerful bloodlines is that is that why they were connected in the first place yeah See, it feels like some kind of implication yeah, yeah like, were palpatine and vader uh, a dyad no <laughs> they were just master and apprentice you and know, yeah. like yeah and it just like doesn't feel consistent enough like why specifically those two be connected they're both from like very powerful sort of like i guess families even then it, it doesn't really make sense like why why isn't anybody connected to yoda you know yeah like, yeah yoda's powerful uh but yeah so then we was yoda insidious a dyad but yeah no the whole teleportation aspect of it though rise that's the real controversial stuff so i'm a little bit foggy on it but in rise of skywalker the first thing that happens is they're having a fight of some kind and they destroy the darth vader helmet when yep. there's like the mm. fight above kajimi and is that a force projection thing? Is that like a dyad thing? Did yeah, that happen? Yeah, yeah. they're fighting. They're in different places. They're fully like lightsaber on lightsaber fighting when Ray's up in the ship. Yeah. Kylo they're fighting down in on the different planet. locations. Right. She's swinging her lightsaber, but she's still physically hitting something on the okay. other side. That's and not... this is something I really want to touch on yeah. in my fixed pitch. Oh, okay. right. Okay. Sorry. Um, That's not actually the first time. Earlier in that film, because of, you know, like, just contrived plot reasons, uh, she's wearing the necklace because she's <gasps> oh, on the And he Pasana. grabs the necklace he off He grabs her. it off her. That's right. Yeah. They introduce yes. that. I think that's maybe the first time they introduce the teleportation side. Yeah, so yeah. it's like a physical, like, yeah. grabs the necklace yeah. kind and of And then thing. Yeah. they're like, we scanned this because we're geniuses and we know that they're on Persona. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. It's, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. So that's, okay, it starts there. Then they have the fight where the lights are on lights hmm. are in different locations. Really interesting stuff. And then later on, I can't remember if anything else happens before the lightsaber gets teleported. She puts it behind her back and it teleports into Ben's hand. Yeah. Which I think was very, very cool. Yeah. But I can see why it's controversial. Yeah, I think it's very, very cool and also very, very stupid. Very okay, stupid. why do you think it's yeah. stupid? I think it's hilarious. He does like the he little shoulder nose. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the the reason I think it's stupid is I, I just, I don't like the teleportation. Okay. Like flat out. I, I think it's like contrived for just plot reasons as we were talking the Pasana necklace thing before that's very much like a plot thing we need to have these guys fight these guys and we need and to also set up for later and we need to get yeah set it up for later so we can give him a lightsaber yeah and i it doesn't feel like something supernatural in the sense that the force would do yeah i guess although that's that's probably a bit so let's dive into the force stuff because with with all the, like what the force is and what it means it's, you know, it's very spiritual thing. It is about connection to people and it is about all of this metaphysical stuff that we've talked a lot about on this show and trying to piece together from quotes from George Lucas, quotes from Filoni of what it is and what it really means to different people and why. And to me, physically transferring stuff through the force makes sense. And I feel like it works. To me, it doesn't. I, I'm like... What is the force like deconstructing its atoms and then re reconstructing it on the other side? But let me get I, this straight. You're cool with the world between worlds and a force dimension. I'm <laughs> fine with the world 
Until I <laughs> see Ahsoka, I am fine with the world between worlds. Fair enough, yeah. So we're not going to do spoilers for Ahsoka. Obviously, it's coming out right now. We're up to episode four has just come out on Wednesday. We're not going to talk about it here because we've got another show for that. But yeah, I'm fine because they introduce time travel. They close it up. It's kind of like a... This is in Rebels, though. In Rebels. And it's it's very, like, said and done. And it's I, I think it's presented quite elegantly. Maybe I won't argue the presentation is the pr- inelegant for sure. Yeah, maybe it's Walker. maybe it's the presentation that's okay. getting me, or maybe it's the fact that it's like it feels so Marvel, Marvel, <laughs> yeah, like MCU, out- that probably like outlandish. With my big problem of it is it it makes the Force a superpower. Yes, right? which force? is why I like it. Obviously, right, okay, yeah. yeah. But it's like the Force is is not a superpower. Whilst it might gives one special abilities, that's all part and parcel of of the the messaging of the force and the character's use of the force is that it is not a superpower and that it is a gift that one has to give to in order to take from. And it just, yeah. it seems like something that's really extreme stuff like, you know, communication across great distances. I'm okay with. So the fact that they can uh, taking it a step further, as we've said, people can with the force can talk to each other across great distances, but they can see each other. That's mm. cool. But I don't like the idea that there's any sort of physical connection. I don't like the idea that they could, as, as cool as it is and as, as sort of meaningful as it is uh, in Last Jedi, that they can just reach out and touch each other. But then it also, in a storytelling means, it's very easy. It's very lazy. Mm. I think it's a, it's a bit of a hack in terms of, like, it's one thing to talk to people. But in order to be like, hmm, I need a lightsaber. Hmm, I need to fight this villain who I'm currently talking to. Mm. And we can now do that. We I think cut- this is very interesting. We can cut down a few other like ideas of like what force powers are. So we have the sort of telekinetic side of things. Like stuff like force push, lifting stuff. Yeah. We have just like general like boosted physical yeah, attributes. Force speed, baby. Yeah. Force but speed. All of these things that seem um, like a very real connection to to space and time. And, and- yourself and to others. Yeah. And the world around you. I yeah. think that's a very important thing. Like, like telekinesis is you connecting to physical objects or even creatures yep. physically while like looking at them. It yep. feels very personal. It feels yep. very forced. But the next, the next step then in the chain of like, okay, so I can now teleport is to just then be like, okay, so maybe, maybe they can just fly. You know, maybe that, maybe that's what they can do. If they can teleport, then why can't they just fly? Who needs spaceships? Maybe they can survive in space. Oh well, oh, that's, wait a minute. that's in Last Jedi. Oh wait a minute, Leia. <laughs> yeah. Leia. <laughs> so we're looking at a really interesting Venn diagram here of like what is psionic powers in fantasy and in other media? Like what can you do with psionics and how far can you take it? And then what can you do in Star Wars in the world we've been presented with and the style and tone that we've been presented with before and what feels comfortable to explore? And then there's another circle in there somewhere that's like teleporting. Yeah. <laughs> teleporting. <laughs> like what's a superpower and how how cool can it be without it breaking your suspension of disbelief, yeah. even though it is Star Wars? Yeah, but also, the, 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 again, I'll take it back to a storytelling and maybe more sort of deeper themes messaging. Like, what does it mean? Exactly. What does it yeah. do? And if the diet's meant to be a strong connection between these two people, how does teleporting stuff to each other really elevate? That? I think that is exactly what you need to elevate it. That's the thing. It's you're physically connected across the force. That's like an elevation of what it means to be connected through the force. It's it's literally like the next step. And it it is weird. I, I get that it's weird, but it, it works for me because mm. of that. It's still about that connection. I don't know. I feel like that like if, if if they're going for something like that 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 would make more sense is sort of like some sort of like weird sort of mix up and disconnect between between mind and the body and the soul and stuff like that. Where it's like if someone were to move their hand it act, not not that they're fully, fully connected, but it might it's the drift effect. So I kind of drift wanna, something like, like they move their hand instead. Go into like My sort dream. of like counter yeah, go for it. thing in the fixed pitch area. Okay. I like the idea of them being able to connect, but also I don't like the idea of them being able to pass objects over to each other. Okay. It's sort of like... Oh, you want more like Sensei? <laughs> One I of my favorite Sensei. Um, <laughs> for any of the two of But I think like from a vague sensei. description you've given me yeah. of Sensei, I think it's like similar. But I'll get into that when we, when we get into that. I wanted to have a, a solid chunk of this conversation be about like this metaphysical conversation of what the force yeah. is and why mm. this works or why it doesn't. One of my points I want to dive into now, just listening to you, Melo, is one of the big reasons I don't like EU stuff and mm. old law stuff yeah. is because it very much crosses that, that threshold of where is the force stop and where does the superpowers begin? Yeah. Mm. And when you have characters, I think Darth Nihilus, maybe? Pulling a planet out of space. Yeah. yeah. Um, is like, you know, doing like just the force destruction on a whole planet and killing everyone with yeah. just the force. Yeah. That is next level Marvel comics kind yeah. of stuff. And people, people who read those books and those comics like that stuff. It's like, they just want the superpowers yeah. without the meaning. It's like, yes. You can have the ability to destroy life without it manifesting as, yeah, they have the ability to pull a planet out of the sky. Is it the scale? 
because there's still a connection there. Your stew could be connected to the planet and the living things there and say, I'm going to destroy them and rip them out of the sky. I I suppose it is. For me, it would be a different story of like, you know, if that person were to be there on the ground touching that planet and through all of their malice and their evil and their extreme power, if if it were to just be like, and boom, and and, and they can destroy life, you know? Like that feels more appropriate than being like, Yep, pull a celestial body out of orbit because <laughs> they can. Yeah, it's a, a very interesting kind of yeah. debate, uh, yeah. and I'm sure I, there's a just, lot of thoughts and opinions yeah. about it. I just don't think it's a superpower, and I don't want to treat it like a superpower. No, mm-hmm. it's very fair, and I think yeah, it has to be like this kind of spiritual connection to something otherworldly. Yeah, and that's the basis of where you got to start with that conversation and that mentality when talking about force powers. Yeah, and I feel like the dyad firmly fits within that space, yeah. but it is how far can you push yeah. it? I also want to let's touch on the the metatextual stuff for a sec, right? If we continue in the trend where Star Wars is a space fantasy, which it is, to draw the force to to, to you know make it in any way similar to a superpower instead of to magic, you it's know? another thing I don't like the Night Sisters. The Night Sisters because it is no, like, I know, but it's, it's like, like specifically magic. call but, it magic. But yeah. you yeah. know they are space wizards. Yeah, you know the for the force and their connection to the force is I suppose magical yeah. in a way, but it's not a superpower. And wizards, good good wizards in most sort of old media, old text, old books and stuff like that in in fantasy stories. They don't, they're not all powerful. Gandalf's not all powerful. Merlin's not all powerful. I don't know if Gandalf's the right example to use. He's like a god. Gan- no, <laughs> he's Gan- like a demigod. No, 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 no but, but he is extremely powerful. Yeah. But he's not all powerful. Yeah. There's also the fact that there is that like spiritual aspect to it. And there is that give and take relationship to yourself and the universe around you that makes it like differentiates it from being like a superpower where yeah. it's just like, I, I have can, this cool thing. I can I'm do. innately just able to just do yeah. this. I just keep thinking about like the teleporting thing because I'm like, I'm so on board with so much of it. And then it's, for some reason, it's just being able to transfer something from one side of the galaxy to the other. Is it because it's like, it's a thing. It's not a being. It's not something that is It's like a physical object that physically exists. Yeah, and though whilst the force flows through everything and is everywhere it's not that this this lightsaber kyber crystal aside it's not like this lightsaber can feel the force it's not like this is the force well the force is everything i know it's like but at the the same time is the force like it's like the force deconstructing its atoms what is it actually doing physically is it moving through the force or is it like because we've seen things go through hyperspace to get from one side of the galaxy to the other yeah so what is this thing doing in front of me (laughs) as opposed to that you know as opposed to going through hyperspace or something or is it going through the world between worlds cool moment and i love the moment where he pulls it back out because it's funny but i just i can't think about it any deeper without thinking it doesn't feel like it quite works not to mention you raise a good point of like they should be able to do this because they are a dyad because they are innately connected through the force however their relationship also isn't really there in the movie oh absolutely not yeah Mm -hmm. And I know, like, we're talking just more about the power at the moment, not how it's presented in the movie. But I'm just trying to say maybe that's why it also comes across the wrong way in the movie. It's the fact that it feels ham-fisted. It feels ham-fisted. Their relationship doesn't really feel strong enough or, like, connected enough to get to a point where they can do something of that scale. Which I think is a very drastic scale. Like, it seems simple, but I feel like overall is is pretty huge. Like, it's a crazy ability. It's crazier than, like, most Force abilities I think we've seen in canon Star Wars, other than Force healing, which is also in that movie. (laughs) Yeah, we haven't even talked about Force healing. Maybe that's something worth considering. Is like, what else can we compare it to? What other crazy things? Is there anything else that we think in Star Wars that exists that is To that extent, I feel like Force healing has a better, like, explanation in even a bit more, like, depth to it than just being able to teleport stuff. It does. Yeah, at that point. It does. Let's talk about Force healing for All a second. All right, let's, let's talk about Force healing. Okay, so, like, throwing my phone away. <laughs> when they initially explain it, it's like, so, okay, putting aside the fact that it's like, how did she learn this apart from reading old books? If no. this was in old books, then why wasn't this part carried on? This seems like a very it's important stupid. thing to forget. Ignoring that for a sec. Okay, the explanation that it's it's transferring life essence and life force. That's cool. Then they break their own logic. She stabs Kylo Ren with mm-hmm. a mortal wound. Yep. And then she heals him. Yep. Where did that transfer go? Um, she should then have a mortal wound in herself. I think Leia yeah. did a transfer. Uh, d- didn't she? Do, I don't, do I have to read a dumb book to get that? <laughs> no, that book is garbage. Says the reader I, of the I, I think that's how the Leia. Rise of Skywalker book is garbage. I can't imagine it would be anything other than that. Their logic is saying to us that yes, she should have then had a big old hole in herself as well. And that's you know what we see later on when she dies and then he force heals her. Yeah, and then he yeah. dies. Yep, it's yep. exactly what happens. Yeah, 
I am not the biggest fan of Force Heal because... I don't think anyone here is either. I just feel like they give it... Only because, and this is the way my brain works, I I want to introduce Force Dyad, which is a new Force thing. And because of that, I don't want to add any more new Force things on top of that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to overdo it. Yeah. And that's it. That's my only reason. We should really, like, this should be a restriction because it's also like, like, okay, so... Most of the most of the Force stuff that gets introduced is in the original trilogy. Yeah. So therefore, the prequels can be like, yep, cool, we can use all of it. It's use fine. all that stuff. Yep. They just um, do a lot more Force jumping. Yeah, jumps. they do. And it's like, you know, like the craziest thing we see in the originals is lightning. Yeah. Fucking lightning. Yeah, that comes out of nowhere. Yeah, but that's just like... It's, it's quite frankly still probably one of the craziest things you get in the prequels No, it definitely as well. is as yeah. well. But it's like, you know, we, we can we can p- perhaps allow that, that sort of logic because it's like, it's evil. And they're evil. They do evil things. And then in Revenge of the Sith, we get Yoda's, like, absorb, which still feels right, like he's connecting with the evil. There's a certain mysticism to it. It's like with all of his good, he can absorb the evil. And redirect that energy. And and shut it down, you know, yeah. But no, you're right. Yeah, if we're going to, we can't go doing all of these new grand crazy concepts, we can have one cool thing. One cool force teleport. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> no wait, force teleport. No. <laughs> what am I starting up to? I think yeah. I think maybe something that is uh, something that a lot of people get hung up on is they. It's it just feels like such a Marvel Cinematic Universe moment where it's this big climax build of energy, and she puts the thing, and then it's revealed. Oh, my hand's empty, and he grabs it. There's a there's a music sting, and then he does the Han Solo shrug. Yeah. And you laugh, and you're excited, and it's like you're watching. A no, Marvel you're right. Movie. It's the equivalent of like uh, Captain America grabs. Force yeah, hammer, no, it's, you know? it's, it, it felt like it was trying to do something like that. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it, that doesn't feel like it's at home in Star it's, Wars. It's part of the, one of the, one of the problems with these films that I don't think we really ever talk about is that they are blockbusters and they're, they're being blockbusters. They're actively trying to be blockbusters. Yes. Mm. That's a problem. Yeah. Are no, we talking about sequels mean. specifically? We're we talking about all the movies. I'm talking about, the, no, I'm, I'm only talking about the sequels. I'll give the, the prequels are blockbusters, but I'll give them the benefit of the doubt of, that's not how that's not how George Lucas, I think, thought about making those movies. No, I think you're right. I think George Lucas, in the weird fucking way that he does, yeah. didn't intend on writing those movies to be what we would consider like summer movie blockbuster superhero films or yeah. like big action people. But that, well, I mean, that also didn't clearly exist at the because time. critically they fucking bombed. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. exactly, yeah, yeah. But I, no, but yeah. that yeah, you know that sort of that idea of that didn't really it wasn't there in 2005. You know, you know, I think we could confidently say that if 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 Lucas had directed those sequels or been around for the sequel trilogy, they would look and feel a lot different yeah, I mean, in terms yeah, of yeah, not yeah. trying to hit those, those Marvel movie tropes. Yeah. It would have been more in his, his writing style and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah, I don't know. We can't, we can't, I'm not going to sit here and say, praise him away to the end of the day to say that his trilogy would have been phenomenal. Yeah. I think but, what we're going for is in our rewrite, we're going to lean more, we're going to lean away from doing those kind of writing tropes. Yeah, we we should, don't want to have moments like that. It's definitely worth tapping back into what he did because it'll, it'll yeah. make it all feel more unified. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah. So we've unpacked it. We've talked about a, a lot about what we think is wrong with that and the force things they do in, in the sequels. Shall we get on to just straight up just changes? Now? Yeah, I think yeah. we should do changes. I'm just cool. having a look at my notes. Okay. My first change is uh, we want to introduce it earlier. The diet yeah. is oh, introduced yeah, in the yeah, first yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Easy slam dunk And that's picks. part of one of our things is, you know, as much as we are at the moment actively trying to write a treatment for Force Awakens, going forward, it's like we're not going to try to write each movie one by one by one because that was the same problem they had. Just keep working on the story. Where we're at right now, and this might change, it's already changed a couple times, mm. is we just we want to be able to iterate on it and make something good. Yeah. And if that means we have to go and rewrite from scratch, we'll do that. If it means we stick to our ideas and move on with them, we'll yep. do that. But it wanted, the, we want it to be an iterative process. The more we rewrite, the more content we make. Yeah, so. exactly. Also, I, an idea I'm excited to bring up because it's something that I've pitched you guys since ages ago. Yeah. Was um like how they're connected as a dyad. Yeah. Right. Which I'm not even sure where our treatment's at, where if this is still a thing, if Ray is a... Force um, child. Force child. That's still in mind. Yeah, um, absolutely. But the, the fixed pitch is Ray is a force child, but uh, a force child created of evil, created of Palpatine, yeah. specifically trying to recreate Anakin's birth. Yeah. And this causes Ray's birth. And Ray, being this child of the force, innately has this connection to Ben, ben Solo because he's a descendant of a Skywalker, yeah. another child of the Force. Yeah. yeah, and the only question raised there, though, is the fact that, that Luke is also the descendant of a child of the Force. Mm. Yeah, but who does he have to parallel to would be my question. I suppose his twin. His twin sister, Le- I guess, Le- let's, yeah. Let's, let's put it there, call it a day. 
in in another world maybe they could have maybe they could have developed that dyad connection but they just never did because the like fate just didn't shape out that way yeah but maybe they could have developed that maybe it's a thing that grows and builds and yeah. isn't necessarily just like a thing that's destined to happen maybe luke's dyad existed mm. was born at the same time as he was but it was a little jedi child with a broom was killed in the purge and i think that fixed pitch really yeah. neatly fixes a lot of problems we have like why does this dyad exist is it because they're from like two really strong families is it like a yeah. chosen legacy thing it can it's something that can just happen because of their innate um connection to the force their connection to life I guess. yeah like it's yeah, what yeah. brought them yeah i life. agree and i feel like it's a lot neater of a solution than uh ray being the straight-up grandchild of palpatine yeah. which i don't think is a take that anyone really likes that i've ever heard i don't yeah. think anyone's like oh that's a really good decision writers it makes good job. no sense yeah. especially obviously you know the writing bullshit where they wrote last jedi you're no one you're from nowhere and then to retcon it and say, no, you're actually a Palpatine. Yeah. Everyone hates that. Yeah. I can't imagine a single yeah. person who would defend that decision. And as much as, yeah, where, where Ray came from is going to be something we have to tread on in this trilogy. I yeah. don't think we're going to spend so much time on it. You know, no. You know, how, you know how, like, at the expense of It was of the her biggest mystery box. Yeah, at the expense of Ray actually getting to be a character, all we get yes. is her just desire to be like, where, where am, am I from? from? Hey, I'm the audience. Where am I from? Because the audience wants to know. Yeah. and that's Fuck that we, shit, man. We, she gets so much time wasted. And that's, you know, like, maybe one of the one of the good things that might actually come from, you know, doing this other movie that they're going to do, focusing on Ray, is like, can we have Ray as a character? Can we just get some character can work, have, please? For please the love of Christ. Daisy mm. really some respect. Just quickly touch on something that you mentioned there, Sandro. So it's, you know, you said they created from evil. In the prequels, in Revenge of the Sith, he says, this is not something the Jedi could teach you. You know, in that very famous, much memed yeah. quote, it's implied that Force Child, like to create some Force Child, the Force ability, child, yeah, the ability, um, is <laughs> specifically a dark you have side unlocked. ability. You, have... you know, because it's not something the Jedi could teach you. It's implied that it's not a light side thing. They're talking about bringing people back from the dead. Oh, in that scene, well, yeah, my bad. From death, yeah. But that being said. It Force is. child, the ability. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that being said, yeah. my bad. <laughs> no, no. Force, Force child, the ability is the funniest thing I've heard <laughs> in like all week. Holy shit. Force child, the you... ability, that whole thing. Is yeah. Fantastic rapper name. Force child. I create life. Okay. <laughs> That's the tagline of the rapper. No, so um, that quote is used when they're talking about Darth Plagueis bringing other people back from the dead, gotcha. not himself. Yep. Although I think there's like sort of a nice poetry here where we don't really know Anakin's like the reason for Anakin's birth, uh, it's left a mystery. Let's keep it a mystery. It's, yeah, absolutely. But I think it's, it a mystery. what's poetic is that he's born of like the force and he's born of the light side and turns to the dark. And now we have somebody born of the dark side turned to the light. Yeah. I don't know. I thought there was something kind of cool, neat there. I agree. And I do love the mystery um, behind Anakin's birth. And I definitely want to keep it that way. I don't, we don't want to answer that question, yeah. I think. Um, but I do like the idea that Palpatine's very interested in that mystery. He's like, I know you're like a, a virgin birth kind of thing. It seems like something Palpatine would have a lot of interest in with his whole fascination on living and death and death. The forces control and like influence over death. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Question for Sandro. Um, way back when in, in many of the other sort of like first, second draft treatments and stuff we've done, you like the idea of Kira Solo, now deceased twin of Ben Solo. I or, did. Like, or, or twin or sibling mm -hmm. Ben Solo existing. Where are you at with that idea now? I'm still kind of for it. Sandro's been stuck in like time stasis because I am. <laughs> none of your ideas have changed or developed or been written because you've been on set like constantly for yeah. the past months. And this is not a critique at all. Just kind of like for the audience, this is where Sandro's at. We haven't really yeah. been able to do much. I, I, ideas have changed, I okay. think, and developed, but like through the podcast, not okay. really through. So it's like every time you come here on a weekend, it's like, oh, maybe this, you know, can go in my brain now. And then yeah. it's right back to the grind. Yeah. It's kind of been like that. Eh? Gotcha. Yes. Um, now, I, I asked this though, because like there was the idea and the implication that they were a dyad in the force, the the solo twins or siblings oh, right. or was, okay. was it not or and then i never with, said that no I, I no i was never really going for that either but okay. that's interesting or was it okay my, anyway my question is the connection between ray and ben at what point has it started has it always existed as soon as both are born it exists you know is that what it is well i think that's something yeah i just stumbled on, upon just a moment ago is like i i like the idea that it grows yeah but i don't know where you guys are at i like the idea that it grows but i feel like it would exist from the get-go especially if it's kind of like bloodline related and in terms of like bloodline through the force i feel like it would exist from the get-go but it has to develop and it evolves as they sort of like as they evolve and, yeah. and grow in the force it also grows yeah but if it's if it did always exist do mm -hmm. they have to have been born at the same time well we do they have about... to be the same age you know like uh. sensate baby what is sensate uh. sorry in the in the tv show sensate it's one of my favorite shows it's a netflix original 
um, eight people are born at the exact same time mm-hmm. um, in the uh, all across the globe. Happens all the time. And they grow up, and then they are awakened. They have their second birth, and it's like a psychic birth. Mm-hmm. And basically, there's a second race of uh, human beings who have evolved from an ancient race similar to like Neanderthals or something mm-hmm. like that. But the only difference is that they can psychically communicate across okay. vast distances, across planet Earth. Very, very good show. They sh- it's all at, like the Wachowskis made it. The ladies who made The Matrix and Reloaded and Revolutions. And it's a really, really cool action TV show. Huge recommendation. Yeah. They're like pen pals. Yeah. They're like global pen pals in their minds. And they share uh, languages. They share martial arts. It's awesome. I love that show. There's also a lot of sex and nudity. Yeah. But, yeah. You were leaving out that part. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like where did you Dude, it's gonna... a beautiful thing. It's about human connection. It's sex is a part of that. Anyway. <laughs> Are we going to make sex in the Star Wars? No. No, good. This I'm is good on for, that. This is no, for Andor children. Andor can do that. Andor already did that. that. Andor hasn't even done that. Yeah, they did. No, yeah. they just did. They boned. Implied. They definitely imp- boned. Implied boning. <laughs> they boned. They definitely boned. They didn't and bone on screen. Definitely They didn't hot. bone on screen, but they did post-bonage cigarettes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is even more explicit in yeah. my mind. <laughs> more intimate. <laughs> That's where the good shit is. Where has this podcast gone today? <laughs> Holy shit! Good thing that our audience isn't the actual Star Wars audience. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know. That's who what I was is. telling Bryce the other day. What? Like, who's what's the Venn diagram of people who listen to Star Wars writing stuff, like rewriting stuff, and then also Star Wars stuff? Ah, uh, no, more just like the idea of like in in my head, people listening to this are people that love Star Wars, people that want to see be- better sequels, but also in my head, the target audience is for like uh, like a family setting and something that's like inspiring for children to watch. Not, yeah, like the actual and content. And those is people family. aren't listening to no, this no, podcast. No. Maybe like maybe like mum and dad in that family can listen to it, but the kids can't. Because yeah. this is inappropriate. Mum and dad, <laughs> if you're in that family and you're listening to this podcast, welcome. Uh, we're glad to have you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to the show. What the fuck are we talking about? Sex. <laughs> <laughs> anyways. Anyways. Like we said, that's an Andor. We don't need to show that. Yeah. Um, I don't think we need to announce in the sequel. I, I don't, don't think that has a okay, place. So in the when, did, when did the connection start? When I don't did... think they have to be born at the same time. Okay. Yep. Once again, I think it's a link through the force. I don't think they have to be born through the yeah. same time. You guys are gonna hate me for what I'm about to say, Sandra. I already. Why no until yeah, you try? I <laughs> You're gonna hate it because it is probably the worst thing you can ever say in terms of like a writing. It's very insulting for anybody who's trying to write anything. Okay. What's up? Do it in post because it's it's. Very contrived. And I think the reason that their um, powers develop is because they, in a way, are kind of just more connected by fate. Uh, fate, fate, fate yeah. has brought them to have, like, multiple interactions with each other. Yeah. And this has caused their connection as a dyad to grow even more. No, I'm shockingly, I'm right there with you. No, oh, okay. I think I think fate plays a huge part in like Star Wars yeah. in general. Yeah, it is, yeah. It, well, it that's is where I'm sort of coming stuff. from. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's kind of one of those for, on a personal level, one of those unfortunate things where it's like, yeah, no, I understand that. Like, you know, that's that's a part of Star Wars, like exploration of in the theme of fate. Even though I personally don't agree with it as a writing like device, it, don't it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's no, you're janky. right. Like, like I hate it. I don't in the real world believe in fate. Okay, so it's but it's something that when it comes to Star Wars, it's like, no, I understand that this is part of. It no. does feel very innately Star Wars. The the chances that like Luke would fight Vader on Bespin is like that's a fated moment. Yeah, you know? no, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. fate, destiny, and prophecy are some of the themes explored in Star Wars and explored very well. And I don't think necessarily it has to be fated that they fight or kill each other or anything like no. that. There doesn't have to be like a chosen one legacy written on a wall. No. It's Sim- just like fate has brought them together and has caused this development. But more than that, I think the dyad as this fated thing that they were supposed to be and have become is integral to the story of them. It's like Hancock. Sidious. Okay. Oh no, don't make it like Hancock. Oh, oh what a meal. I was thinking movie. I had a good point. It's, and he's like, fucking, oh. it's like Hancock. Fucking cinematic masterpiece, Hancock. What was that, 2008? 2007? I've, I've heard you off-screen rave about Hancock. Yeah, I fucking Christ. love that movie. I was halfway through a good thought. Yeah. <laughs> you bastard. You know, if I, sometimes if I need a laxative, I'll just consume the color grade of Hancock, and that really helps. What the it's, fuck? No. It's awful. What do you I mean? hate it. Gives me the Oh, the shits. color grade. The color color grade. grade. No, it's awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's crazy. Yeah. Anyways... The idea of the dyad being this like faded, destined thing, mm. leading, and then that is what helps them overcome Darth Sidious and yeah. Palpatine at the end. That that feels like a really good way okay. to tie in the ideas of destiny and stuff. That was, leads me to my point. My Go big thing I want with the with the dyad is that the, the, there has only been one dyad. 
this is this this is why it's such a big fated thing, a big sort of like what are the implications for the force in the galaxy and, and time and space? This is the only dyad since the original dyad. The guy who made Anakin. Yep, yep, yep. John Dyad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um, Answer no, the question. That like that the first Jedi were a dyad. Okay. And that they started the Jedi and, and the ability to you know practice the Force. Oh, so you want to do the James Mangold movie of like the origins of the Jedi? I mean, I want to do that personally. Yeah, but that's that's <laughs> that's separate. Um, no, it's just it's something that is touched on. You know, it's this rumored thing maybe that, that maybe the Sith and the Jedi they all knew about it. And it could be like a story they find in yeah, the sequels. Of it's, like a, like maybe the Jedi, the first Jedi were like us. Yeah, I don't but, think but it's, it's it's a fantasy. It's a, it's something that no one ever believed in. But these okay, two gotcha. are now the right. the the first Jedi since. So instead of it being sorry. like, oh, this hasn't happened in thousands of years, it's like, oh, we thought this only happened happened one time yeah ever yeah. and it's happened just again that's why yeah uh, okay. gotcha no, that's cool yeah it's like it that's adds cool. come like a lot more gravitas and when, i feel yeah, like when, that's something that should be law that we make but i'm not sure how like to integrate that to the story how integrated it should be into i think the story. maybe it's something maybe it's something minor it's just like you know if it's luke having this realization of, of you know the right or someone and or, like a part of you know, we've talked about luke going on this kind of journey like this force journey like yeah. figuring out stuff at some point yeah and if, if he would have learned that these two are a dyad and he and it's like well they are that is a thing. Gotcha. And this is the only instance since the very first, since the inception of the Jedi, 25,000 years ago. And that might ago. color the way he treats those two. It yeah. might be like, oh, maybe I've got to do this, this, and this yeah. in, in order to help foster the Dyad or help lead them in the right direction. Yeah, and what is his role? And, and, maybe, and yeah. what, is, what is the implications of the galaxy? Maybe yeah. even because Luke is a child of the Force, him and Rey share that connection to some degree as they're training together. Well, it's okay. interesting because he's of the other generation. So it says that like, you know, it's a, yeah, you're right. He's, he's kind of part of that, that lineage. So he's part it, of that lineage. Is it his duty to raise the dyad? And I feel like he'd be able to figure it out faster. Like, we get that one passing line in Bloody Rise of Skywalker where he's like, yeah, I knew you were a Palpatine. So did Leia. And oh, it's like, God. I what about the that line? Fuck? Thanks for reminding me of that yeah. fucking line. Yeah. Like, what? Shit. You know what they never... This is so, this is so off topic. So, so they're flying into Tagodana and Force Awakens. Yep. He's like, I've never seen this much green in the whole galaxy. And Han gives a look. Now they they were obviously trying to do something, but but it, with all that is said and done, now it all just seems like I've never seen this much green in the whole galaxy. And Han's just like poor kid on the desert planet. Anyway, where were you going with that? I was just saying, it's like you know, it was a, it was a moment that made us think that Han knew something. Okay. People read into that for ages. That I Han didn't know knew that. something about Ray mm, that you know right. that, that 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 look is like you know the fact she's always lived on the on Jakku, hmm. there, there, there was more to it. Anyway, interesting. Yeah. Um, I've got a quick point. So we've talked a lot about like why the diet exists, where it comes from. Maybe they can be connected to Luke and stuff. Something, the perspective I've had going into this was that it's specifically the connection between Vader and Palpatine, which is a deep dark side connection with, yeah. between master and apprentice, between the ancient evil wizard and his knight is kind of the way I look at those. It's a very D and D trope as well. And I, it's, it's a strong connection. And then that, then becomes Ray and Ben because Ray is from Palpatine and Vader leads to, to Ben Solo. Mm. Um, and that's the connection and the, the taking that connection and then inverting it and then be both becoming light side characters at the end of the story, depending on whether Ben or Ray dies or sacrifices or redeems or whatever. I've always liked that dichotomy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's right. something that I've had in my mind. Yeah. So okay. there's no, that, that for cool. you guys. Yeah. I've got a bunch of questions now to ask. Okay. I want to, I want to deep dive now into the, okay, we want to do the dyad, yeah. but, but now I want to know why. What does it mean? What does it represent? What's the message surrounding mm. the dyad? Is it is it about togetherness and the power of support? Obviously, we all agree that balance in in, in real real balance in the Force and in Star Wars is the light conquering dark. It's not a symbiotic thing between dark and light. Yeah. But if either of the two characters in this dyad are going to turn to the dark side, is it a tipping of the scales? Is mm. are we to say that in order to get out of trouble you need someone else, or you have yeah. to do things for yourself? This is a really interesting point, and I think the real question I have is: What can the dyad add to the story that wouldn't be possible if we just had Ray and Ben? Yeah, in the story, yeah. like this, calling out the dyad, giving them more abilities. What does that really add, other than we just think it's really cool and we think that there is some kind of place that it has yeah. in the story? What is that place? No, exactly, because it's like I think it's a good, good if, question. If there's up. no reason, then we're not going to include it. Early on, we were talking a lot about Ray wanting to try save Ben, and it seemed to fit rather snugly in there in that dialogue of you can help somebody only so much, and then they must make that final step, which would be Ben like stepping towards the light side. Yeah, you do make a you make a good point of like how does the diet help us tell that story? I think plot wise, it definitely helps us tell that story. Oh, absolutely, yeah, because it, it, it helps, helps us like link them up. When they're not even together, exactly. you know. But if, if this thing is a plot device, 
then I'm throwing it out, you know? Like, but yeah, if it's just a plot device, is it... In terms of plot device, much? and I think, you know, you guys are probably going to disagree with me, we have a lot of stuff to work on here. We've got Han, Leia, Luke, uh, Lando, Ray, Ben, and Poe, and Finn, oh, and Phasma. There's a lot of things that we want to keep from the sequels, but there's a lot more elements than I think the sequel, uh, the prequels or the original yeah. trilogy ever had. Yeah. Linking yeah. those together yeah. through a plot convenience thing may not be the dumbest idea. Yeah, you know what's convenient? Killing people. We should start <laughs> killing them. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Phasma needs to die at the end of the first episode. Mate, I am hard mate, on mate, that. Of all of those people we've just named who are going to absorb screen time, Phasma's not the one to kill. Phasma's dying, dude. Though. If we're going to kill people for easy... Saying, you know what's convenient? Killing people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fucking shit. Phasma's dying? People it's are dying. Yeah, yeah. yeah Don't have to pay the actors. Um, <laughs> we can kill half those people. Let's kill Poe. Let's kill Poe? I want to kill hey, Poe. Well, you know what's easy too. about someone like Poe, someone who was created in the in the prequel, uh, the sequel era. Uh, you just don't write them in in the first place. Sure. I keep I keep hearing all these things of like, I want to kill this person in the second episode. I want to kill this person in the second episode. I get that you want to develop them and then you want to kill them, <laughs> but we still have one whole yeah, episode no, where you have to fit all these people in. You're gonna have to kill some of them in yeah. the first. Well, you one. just don't oh, include them. Such good points. Such yeah. good points raised here. Or you just don't include them. So we're going so off topic. What's this? Go on, no, ask do you it. not want Poe? Uh, no, this there's, is fresh there's to me. different variants of things that I've written where I'm like, of all the characters, if I'm just going to eliminate one, it's definitely Poe. It's Han Solo it's too. So, yeah, and it's Han. And it's Chewie. It's very easy to just sideline all of them and to have Poe never exist. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's like, we love you, Oscar Isaac, but you can make a cameo, you know? I think I've made it easy for myself by adding in a new character. No, I know you're one. Yeah, yeah, one. yeah. You did it. Bryce did it. <laughs> Whole I, other, did, I did the Stranger Things season direction. four, baby. <laughs> add yeah. more characters. <laughs> exactly. Add yeah. the, add new character. I'm kill that add one. Add one, and then we still have to hold on to all these characters all the other that ones. we can't juggle. Yeah. Yep. Juggle them through the diet and the force. That's what oh I'm my goodness. Plot convenience, baby. What if outside everyone's of, a diet? No. Yeah. Outside of plot convenience, I don't know. Having that elevated sense of connection. What can that bring to a story thematically? I, th that's a that's a very good question. It's a big question. I don't know if we'll be able to answer that today. No. But that's the question. That's something we'll work on and ponder. Mello. You got notes? Did you have answers to the questions? No. Oh. I, just wanted, <laughs> raise, the questions. I wanted to raise the hard questions because I don't have the no, answers. That's yeah. a really hard hitting question. And quite frankly, I'm really glad you did raise it because like, I don't think I was thinking about it as hard as I probably could have. It was something that we kind of just like, yep, we'll keep that because it's cool and we like it. Yeah. And we kind of just left mm -hmm. it there. Yeah. And it, it like it felt like it could kind of fit and kind of help us write it. But interrogating the idea a bit more. it's like Interrogating the idea of how this like fits into our story thematically is the big ticket. I think for me, it's a big thing of wanting Ray and Ben to feel connected and close, but in the story so far, they don't spend any time physically together. No. They never see each other in my no. first draft treatment. No, and in your treatment, I like how you've written in the dyad stuff. Thank you. It's good, um, but it, it won't come into play until yeah, it's the it's, end it's of like the building film. towards the next movie, and that's something you know it's it's tricky writing a, a trilogy when you also want the stories to be closed themselves yeah. like a lot of the original trilogy was you know it, they feel self-contained they feel like finished they start and they finish and they close stories obviously empire is not that way but yeah. a new hope is very much that way because yeah. it had to be and then return of the jedi starts and finishes okay because it's the end of the trilogy yeah. uh so i was i was bringing up the my idea of like the the dyad having this being the first dyad uh, and that having major big implications for the force kind of kind of for a reason because i've had some loose ideas that i just kind of want to float out and see if like this it. makes the the dyad work more we're focusing a lot on the jedi yeah uh, and based on your treatment some ideas that i want to i want to take and evolve and put it into our final one in force awakens is that even on a political scale it's all about the jedi we're talking about you know like what their existence in the galaxy again what implications that has for, yeah. for fighting evil, what people do and don't know about And them. if you're interested in listening to more of that, we talked about it on our last week's episode. Yeah, and also uh, we'll make it, we'll release a treatment at some point. We will. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. We're being like, right, the Jedi were defeated because they had it wrong and we're going to try and do it right. One of the ways to do it right, I think, is to evolve it. And should the Dyad, which were the first Jedi, coming back now 25,000 years later, be an end to the Jedi? Okay. As we know. And like a new beginning. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. They touched on that in The Last Jedi, obviously. It was like a big theme. Ryan Johnson was like, it's The Last Jedi. It needs to end kind of thing. Yeah. And it's then super weak, though. I've oh, no, it's not well done, I don't yeah. think. Uh, of all the themes he explored in that movie, I think maybe not the best. But Yeah. But but, but we're talking about the idea of, the ideas of this trilogy of like fighting evil isn't a, isn't a one-fixed thing. It's, it's a constant. It's a continued effort. If, if these two people coming back want to help balance out the other is it not exactly destroying all evil for all time is it is it closing out the chapters that are the jedi and the sith for all time okay let me let me cook 
got something. You cook, you marinate. I had one weird idea. That okay. was. I, I know I like where you're going with this, yeah. actually. See what I mean? Yeah. You see what I mean? What's your weird it's closing idea? out chapters. So in terms of rebuilding and changing the Jedi and having like a new beginning, I had this idea. I don't know where this will go, if anywhere, but having two Jedi that yeah. are like two orders that are linked together. They share similar ideas. Yeah. But one is for defense and one is for attack. Okay, okay. But the force Bear with is, me. But the force is never... Yeah. I know, I know. It's more like, you know, there are people who will be specifically like monks and they will protect people that offend people. They use the force to help and to like spread charity and kindness. And then yep. there are others who learn the martial arts and they learn lightsabers and yep. they go out and they're like, who is being hurt by people? Let's defend them. But yeah. it's the choice to go and put themselves between danger and people who need defense. It's like that active choice. The servitude and then this selflessness there's being, sacrifice but there's being a uh, a cleric or a monk or something mm. and then there's being a guardian so what you're saying is there's knowledge and defense yes. one for knowledge one, one for, for knowledge one defense one branch and then branch. we could then there's the dyad <laughs> yep. we could have ray and ben embody those two ideas yeah Ooh. that's that's the cooking cooking Ooh. done okay that's like a medium rare that's <laughs> nice. it's juicy i don't know if we'll edit there's there's an yeah. idea there's a pitch yeah. that, that yeah. came yeah. out of just like, our conversation okay sandro Things have been stewing. Uh, <laughs> let, let, let me. Uh, a beef stew. Yeah, let me throw out something crazy, ridiculous. Now yeah. I. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Lots of lots of uh, interesting ideas thrown out today. But yeah, in Can terms I... of like doing a rebirth for the Jedi Order, that could be interesting. Having yeah. two yeah. that work in tandem. Well, it's because like so. Let's go off my New Republic episode last week because I uh, went beyond the New Republic and I started talking about. We went like, far beyond the New Republic. Yeah, but oh, really? uh, yeah. In terms of like spreading a message, I was saying it's like, you know, I don't want to push the idea of religion and therefore I don't want to push the Jedi as the Jedi as a religion, but I want to push morals and I want to push yeah. the message that morals is more important than government. And that, you know, if we had a, if we had a world more structured by morals than by government, the world would be a better place. Yes. Is that the end of your thought? Yeah. You, you reminded me yeah. of why I had that idea in the first place, because one exists within the government. There's two orders because one works for the government and it's like, yeah, we're just here to be chill. We don't talk to those other guys. We don't talk, like, in okay. quotation. Yeah. But the other guys, they are, like, the Avengers. They operate outside the law because there's no way to integrate these ideas. I'm not problem super that, sold on, like, yeah. the one faction, one faction. Okay. I think a Jedi should have a proper understanding of both things. Yeah, true. Open. You don't want to separate those like, the ideas of knowledge and defense. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like once you separate it, it's going to lead to something. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you still have a branch in the government, because I do want to... <laughs> I do. I want that message of separation of church and state. Yeah. But I want. The, I think I had this idea world. as I was falling to sleep one night. So. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> no, I think. I think. I think it was fun. I'm like. I'm glad. Like. Here's something. Here's something. <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, anyway, no. I, it's because like I want to spread the idea within the galaxy that you know the the principles preached by the Jedi can be shared by all and can yes. be embraced by all and maybe the dyad can help be a part of that. Maybe that's the grandiose thing. You know. Yeah. You know. Mm. Oh, it's tricky. Isn't it? Isn't yeah. it that, tricky stuff? Does that still fall under like a plot thing or is that like thematic? I think it's more thematic. Right. I think it's, it's it's more in line with the messaging at yeah. least. Okay. That's my message. Is, is, is like, spread, spread good morals, spread, spread peace, spread, spread love. Here's Here's something. Something. Oh, you yeah. go, Can't talk. I've been wanting to segue into okay. go on. the powers of their physical interaction through the diet of the Oh, okay. Force. So yeah. going back to force powers. Oh, yeah, cool. Well, going back to do. force powers. This is, this is much simpler. Let's do this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is easier. This yeah. is comfy territory. Hell yeah. Better to listen to. So <laughs> we like them interacting. I'm not the biggest fan of them teleporting. You you are a bit of a, uh, like a fan of the teleportation thing. Yeah, of course I am. Maybe this, what I'm about to pitch is more like Sensate. I'm not sure because I haven't seen it. I'll tell you. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So what I was thinking was you still get all the interactions. If they touch each other, like if they were like to shake hands, they feel each other shaking hands. But it's more like psychically rather than it's. Just like Sensei. Just like Sensei? <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah your right. Brain shaking hands. It's, it's you imagining the sensation. You can feel it as if it's real, but yeah, it's not. But it's not real. Yeah. So I don't imagine water teleporting from one location to the other location. Yeah. As cool as that was, where he's just like, oh, he damn, grabs it and you get hand. like the, you get the harp of like the, it's yeah. really cool. I don't imagine like the water actually, like tangible yeah. things actually teleporting. You just feel like there is tangible things teleporting. Gotcha. How this would interact with them in a fight, they're feeling like they're actually hitting lightsabers. Okay. But they're not. Like, they're feeling the... The resistance? The resistance But it's just the them side. pushing back against themselves? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if one of them gets stabbed mid-fight, and I'm mm. imagining, like, a dramatic moment where it's the sensation of getting stabbed. Yeah. No, it's more than that. They get cut in half, and they feel like they just got cut in half. Yeah, like... 
It's, it's where, because that would take you out when of When you fall have in you a seen, dream. Have yeah. you seen those like weird like videos where it's like, oh, the, you, we're going to put your actual hand behind a wall and then we're going to put a fake hand in front of you and, and we're going to smack that hand yeah, with a yeah. hammer? It's it's like that. That's what it feels like to get stabbed. Like it, it feels like you're getting stabbed. It's like it's like phantom yeah. Yeah. pain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Interesting. Yeah. It's like the initial like shock of like, oh, I'm getting stabbed. And yeah. I'm okay. Stabbed. And it's and it's and, and with that in that case, let's say so one of them loses that fight because they get stabbed, they get cut in half. Okay. Uh, but not actually stabbed or cut in half. It's the whole it's the weight of knowing that they did lose that fight. Yeah. Even if there is no other consequence you other died. than to other than to their ego. You know? Yeah, okay. That's which, is, which is a good character. I love thing. this as a possible scene, just it's... the idea of like two people in two very different locations, and maybe we set it up beforehand, or we explain it like later on. They can be uh, as far away as possible; it doesn't matter. But it's built up to this big fight that happens across the galaxy. Yeah. I really dig that. That's very cool. That's that's sort of where I was going. Where I was like, I'm not. That's I'm not the biggest fan of the teleporting thing, but this yeah. felt comfortable to yeah. me. Still, yes, this felt like innately more of a connection based thing rather than shifting an object over. Yeah, because, mm. and even like the water droplets on his hand, that's still like physical matter is moving across the yeah. galaxy. And that's a big question to ask without giving the answer. And the only answer that really works in my head is like just shrugging and saying the world between worlds did it because it's like this strange connection that bridges time and space. I don't want it's, it's, it's not an answer. I'm not saying I want to do that. Yeah. But that's think, the only answer that really exists. That was, anyway, I like this. Because so, people will say like that fight. like that gives it no stakes, but it's like, no, there is still, there's still, you write it well, there's like where it's like, you know, yeah, you lose that fight. There is a personal, emotional weight to the fact that they've just lost that fight. Similar to they the moment know we've talked not... about with uh, Ben killing Palpatine clone. You know, right. it, yeah. that moment is like a big, there's no physical stakes, but there's yeah. huge emotional stakes for Ben. Yeah, and they know it's like, in that moment, they know they're not powerful enough. And they know that if they were to meet face to face, they're not ready. Yeah. And that's daunting. You know? No, it's interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. And it's, uh, there's a lot of ideas there. I think that scene really works in something like uh, episode eight in whatever we do for episode eight, where we have Ray looking for Ben or Ben looking for Ray, and maybe Ben has fallen to the dark side now mm. by, this, by the time we get to that movie and they have this big fight. Now, we have if, if these two people are going to be connected and we see that throughout seven, do we get to see the mate in seven? I know it's not in your treatment, but let's just explore that idea. Like, yeah. Does it make sense that they should get to meet in seven? I think it does. I yeah. think it makes sense. Story I just, wise, yeah. I just couldn't find a place no, for that's, it that's, mine, that's yeah. Fair. yeah, I'm not sure where they would meet. Um, or what, what event? Put, put it in a vacuum for a second. Yeah, in yeah. a vacuum, I think it totally makes sense for them to meet in the first movie as like a climactic thing in the third act to really solidify that connection and have it be this big moment of like, oh, this is who you are. I've seen you in dreams. I've seen you in visions. Yeah. You're this real person. Yeah, because then from that point, then we can have them talk to each other. It's yeah. more than just sharing dreams, sharing nightmares. Yeah, I think it would be important to have them actually meet fully and have a conversation in the first movie so that mm. in the second movie yeah. we can have them already have some kind of... Yeah. A relationship established because there's there's a potentially interesting conversation there where do they do they know when they're in the are these two people coincidentally in the same room do they see each other do they feel that connection and across the room they know Ooh. you know what's really funny I think you guys actually need to go and watch Sense Eight now <laughs> oh my god a lot of these how moments many, we're talking about yeah. are actually moments they do in the how show. many how many hours of homework are we talking here oh at least twenty oh god <laughs> it's a full story. man a week's only like. 19 hours. I, <laughs> 20. <laughs> I spent three hours catching up on Ahsoka last night. You didn't even... What? Oh, wait. You catch, you're <gasps> a fucking liar. You motherfucker. Wait, oh did my, you actually watch oh it or did you God. not watch it? He's you did watch it. Now. Oh, that's what he was making fun of. That's what the laugh was. That's what this you was. You piece of shit. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. I'm glad I've got this on no. camera. Well, then I, then I can talk about it. I'm going back to it. All right. I'm going go back to it. <laughs> Non-spoiler. No, you're right. In the Disney era, five people have now survived stabbings. Feel like we're feel like we're we're. Uh, this, I was this... dropping a soaker bomb, so I'm like, they are not picking up on I it. I thought you just like watched it on Reddit or something, or like on TikTok. What are we in? ER you know how good I am at avoiding spoilers. ER? Okay, good. that's right. So you've seen it all. Yeah. Okay, it's pretty ridiculous. Good show. Yeah. Hey. yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's okay. really good. No, you are <laughs> like it, but the stabbings, it's a bit much. Oh no, the the stabbing is un unforgivable. Yeah. Honestly, I I can't. I can't get past any any yep. lightsaber stabbing. That's stuff. fair. But no, Kenobi made it worse because there was two stabs. No, no, yeah, no. Kenobi oh, Kenobi made it, worse. Made yeah, it heaps yeah, worse. Yeah. They, they did it twice. Open the, open the fucking I'm, I'm surprised they did it in Ahsoka to begin with. I honestly. feel like they probably had it written in because yeah. it works in the show. It makes yeah. sense, and they reference it later. It's not just a one and done thing. It's actually good. You know what? I it, like it. You know what it is though. It's just cheaper than doing robotic limbs. 
Yes. That's ge- genuinely, in a production standpoint, Disney says they know it's cheaper than making someone have a robot arm. It's just a bit of like, it feels like a bit of a fake out. Yeah. It, they, they did it at the end of an episode. It feels like they're trying to do a fake out death, even though we know she's going to survive. But the it. first yeah. two episodes came out together. It's not a fake out death. Yeah. I, I agree it's silly to try and even set up like, oh, there's big stakes here, but I I don't know. Lose a fucking hand then. I feel like it's it's helping to build her relationship with Shin and their rivalry. I love their rivalry. Mm. I think it's fantastic. Oh, shit, we said we wouldn't do spoilers. Fuck. I'm going to go and edit in a big... Oh, give me one sec. Spoiler warning. Spoiler <laughs> Spoiler warning. Hey, guys, this is Sandro here. Spoiler warning for Ahsoka. I just dropped that I had watched the show because I've been lying to these guys all morning saying that I haven't watched the show. But uh, if you would like to avoid the spoilers, uh, skip to this part. I don't actually know... Um... My turn. Yeah, My your... turn. I'll just try. Hey, everyone. Spoiler warning for Ahsoka in this episode. Thanks, Mello. You are. I'll probably use that one. Yeah, you uh, will. Cut yours. <laughs> now, nah, yours is very good too. I'll, I'll, I've got a lot to play with there. Mine, trash. <laughs> I was laughing trash. like an idiot. Okay. All right, we've got um, another five minutes. What do we got to talk about? Fuck. <laughs> Sex. <laughs> Let's go back to it. Um, yeah. My point remains. Sex. Sense the mum and dad's at home. Sensei actually does have a lot of really great moments in it that tie into a lot of what we're talking about. These moments of someone meeting something they've, meeting someone they've met for the first time in person when they've met spiritually or psychically before. Yeah. Yep. Uh that's there's a lot of really cool moments like that in the yep. show. Anyway. And they have those really beautiful like emotional connections. Yeah. Do we want to go back to deep grandiose things or like do we want to try and you zero in on abilities? You got something for us? No, just like just exploring the idea of like again, going back to this that question I raised of like how does what does the dyad do for the Jedi? What mm. does the dyad do for the galaxy? In talking about like a dichotomy between, you know, two different ideas of what the Jedi are. I feel like if we wanted to explore the idea of defense and knowledge yeah i think maybe diet's a good yeah. place to explore yeah. and, and bringing I, those two things together even though they are separate yeah and so, uh, and grounding that in characters is very simple because it's just it's a it's within them it's a differing of ideologies it's a differing of wants and needs with you yeah know, like, you know, we know that it, how we're writing ben is pretty much you've already all unified like, kind of been pushing ben's sort of ideologies towards the uh, the idea of being very defense-based yeah yeah anyway Killing for the right reasons, but killing nonetheless. I yeah. think yeah. a Jedi should have both. I think. I think yeah, I agree. Jedi should fundamentally have an understanding and knowledge of both, and shouldn't be specifically catered to something like knowledge or defense. So maybe what we try to do is we share these ideologies between the two characters through the diet. Um, no, I really like that, and exploring the idea that they each need more of the other's perspective or approach. Like, yeah. Ray is intrinsically, like, knowledge-focused or, you know, a lot more peaceful and less vengeful than maybe Ben comes across in the yeah. story and yeah. has less of that that kind of rage or anger that we've we've, we've talked about Ben having. And yeah. Ben is like, he's yes, he's violent and angry, and he needs to turn that back. Ray needs to learn to defend herself and, yeah. t- and take care of herself And maybe better. it's like, you know, it's because Ben is like that way because he sees the state of the galaxy and he's willing to do, in his mind, what needs to be done. Yeah. But Ray, who's come from her own individualistic, selfish background, I'm writing here as quite a initially selfish character because for yeah. survival reasons. Or yeah, gotcha. Yeah. What's her stake in this? I really you like know, the idea of leaning away from that. If she is this, you know, knowledge focused, she's, when I say knowledge, it's more like I'm thinking pacifist and selfless yeah, and right. she's yep. taking care of other people at the expense of herself um and she's kind of getting walked all over almost in a way um and not really coping with the the world that she's living in and you know she could learn to take care of herself better and fight for herself better right. but she can also teach ben to not fight as much yeah. and to be more selfless well, i was thinking maybe getting to that point at some point but like from the get-go being like you know if there's this big fight, what's her involvement in this? Why should she care? What yeah. stakes does she have? Maybe she just wants to learn to be a Jedi for herself with Luke, just for selfish reasons, not seeing the idea that like through all of this knowledge she can gain, she can help people. Gotcha. She can, you know, she yeah. can see the situation before her and actually do something about it. I see what the the angle you're going for there, but yeah. I'm I'm kind of I found this idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna and you're gonna it run down. with it for now. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. run with that for now. I think. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting that Ben is seeing. Oh, I'm using these powers to help others. He's seeing what he's doing as a means to help others, but he's doing it in a way that's coming out as like a like a terrorist. Kind yeah. Of how thing. can I use these to defend others aggressively? Yeah. <laughs> best best defense is, it, is good offense. Yeah, I don't know. They want to take our lightsabers away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really good. <laughs> it sets up their inevitable fight in episode eight. Yeah, to to really be like, there's a lot that can a, be learned from a battle either side. of wills and ideology. Yeah, and it's and it's very clear in that instance that it's like, okay, Ray's gonna lose and she's gonna learn a lesson here and suffer the consequences. Yeah, um, but 
what will Ben have gained? Yeah. And has he lost part of himself? I think I really like what you're talking about here, Melo, with just the idea that we have these big metaphorical ideas and they should be represented and driven through character. Yeah. And if we have these, this one side knowledge or defense or both, it should be that each of these characters embodies some of those ideas. Yeah. If say in a, we were to lose Luke at any point, it's like each know everything they know. Like they've learned what they should actually have learned from him, but now it's just, they have each other. They have the dyad. And even if they're at odds, even if they're in opposition, they still need to learn from each other. Could be interesting. No, I really like that a lot. I think we've um, finally, after (laughs) kind of some, some meandering through the, through this discussion, I think we've, we've got some really good stuff and Uh, I'm interested to take it and write it. I hope this was all right to listen to. I hope so too. (laughs) But we can only hope. Mello. Rebellions are built on hope. Sandro, they're built on hope. <laughs> but that's going to be all for today, I think, unless Sandro, you got any final notes? I'm going to throw it um, to you again. I'm here and I have seen Ahsoka. And <laughs> <laughs> you cheeky little bitch. All right. That's going to be all for this week. This has been our discussion of the Diet of the Force. Hope you've enjoyed it. We are fixing the sequel trilogy. We're here every week talking about Star Wars in some way, shape, or form, trying to fix it and rewrite the sequels. We're also here every week talking about the Ahsoka TV show. So if you'd like to see more of that, go follow us on Instagram, TikTok, all the good stuff. Give us five stars on Spotify. Go follow us on YouTube. Subscribe. But until next time, may the force be with you.